Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I want to start with making it about me because uh, my guest today said something to me that I don't think anyone has ever told me. And it means a lot because I've always been the you know guy who was uh, a lower frequency, dread, worry, miserable. Amy Chan, our guest today, said to me, John, I miss your energy. Can you expand just a little bit on that before we get into breakups and breakup boot camp and all the stuff we're going to talk about today? Start by showering you with compliments, but we got to mm. rebrand you to instead of the angry therapist, like you're the fabulous therapist. The fabulous. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I can't okay. be the happy therapist because that's not interesting. No, but you are very chill and you do have this energy about you. And obviously I picked it up when you were, were teaching at Breakup Bootcamp. It's just so... You just want to be around you because, oh, you know, I need to hear this. like you have this inner peace where it doesn't even matter if there was like a lion, you know, running around outside. You'd probably be like, yo, what's up? Hey, Amy, stop. It's all Stop, good. Amy, stop. It's true. <laughs> I'm kidding. like, I want I'm, some I'm, of that. Uh, on video, I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, give me more. But anyway, um, okay, enough about me. Hey, right. listen, um, one of the things that I do is uh, I like to throw my guests into the deep end. Uh, really quick. So I'm going to ask you three questions. I don't even know what they are yet, but uh, it's just to get things warmed up, to set the tone. And uh, yeah, my energy is no longer chill. All right. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Question one, they're very personal, is um, what is your current greatest struggle right now? Ooh, um, I am dealing with grief. And mm. a very different type of grief. Uh, it's not, not breakup grief. No, I've I've kind of mastered that type of grief, but yeah. this is new. It, uh, my father is slowly dying, oh. and I am. I've just never gone through this before. So, yeah. and I've had a very tumultuous relationship with him growing up, and it's really interesting because when I'm with him. There is no past. There is no, mm. well, you were the source of my anxious attachment. There is just pure presence. Yeah. And I imagine maybe that's what parents go through when they're with their children. It's just instinct. And it is hard, yet it is so beautiful. And it is stretching my, uh, my edges beyond what I thought possible. Um, but with that, I feel everything. Like I feel mm. like I walk around with no skin in a sense because wow. the smallest thing makes me feel so grateful and joyful and then the smallest thing makes me a puddle of tears yeah first um i'm sorry that you're going through this um i went through this you know i'm older than you but uh i don't, I don't want to say our generation because i don't want to um uh, assume that you're 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 near my age but um all of our parents are now getting really old. You know, it's, it's happening all around us. All my friends, uh, you know, um, uh, just helping uh, parents dying, parents getting sick. It's a reality. It's life. And so I think many of us um, millennials, uh, I, I'm not a millennial. I, uh, my partner is a millennial. So um, are now having to face 
grief because um, parents are getting older or dying or getting sick, all of this. So yeah, I get it. Okay. Next question. Um, What is one thing you know about yourself today, Amy, that you didn't know just a year ago? What is a new revelation about self? Ooh, damn. Let me see. I know that I'm very capable of dealing with chaos and conflict and challenges. And I think Mm -hmm. that just, it really goes back to what's happened with my dad. Like I, before I would tell my family, I'm like, uh, just so you know, I'm not going to be the one that's going to be there. I'll pay for things, but don't think I'm going to. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, like there is a compassion and empathy and love in me that I never knew was there. Mm, it's expanding you. Yeah. That's great. Um, it means that, uh, I don't know if you're single or not, but it means that uh, in relationships, you're going to bring so much more to the table. Yeah, I am. I'm in a really, you know, my first only healthy partnership. We've been together for four years mm. and it's, it, it is, it's evolving our relationship my relationship with friends, even acquaintances, it's people tell me I feel different. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, final question is this, um, what do you want for yourself next three years? What does Amy, and you know, we've had some conversations about uh, mostly career stuff, but, uh, um, what do you want for yourself? And don't, don't be modest. Uh, I would love to get my docu-reality TV series up and Mm -hmm. going, which has been a project. I have a different relationship with it, though. I used to be very attached, and now I just keep asking myself, when I'm in my deathbed, will I really care if I had a reality TV show? The answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) So all I can do is I have these aspirations and goals and fun projects. I can try my hardest. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I think that's with everything. It's like, um, yeah, I, I like that. I'd like my second book. Uh, I'd like a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love, you know, to keep growing my community. And I'm pretty happy and content with my life now. It's pretty full. Yeah. You know, um, Amy and I have uh, many things in common. One, both being Asian Americans in this um, in this field, which I always champion. Um, two, you know, I can relate to everything you're saying because, uh, you know, I also <laughs> have been struggling with um, some TV projects and, you know, almost work just the frustrations of that whole feast or famine world. And uh, yeah, I get it. And I'm, I'm, I'm like you. Amy's very ambitious and she is a go getter and um, she is um, always building and, and creating. And so um, I, I can relate to the, the last one for sure. Uh, but also coming to a place where um, it's okay. If, you know, like stop chasing, um, noticing trees and moments. And, you know, it seems like you are a lot more grounded now. Um, I'm definitely a lot more grounded now at 50 than I was in my, my thirties where, you know, I was always exchanging, uh, self to get the, the more shinier thing. So mm-hmm. anyway, thank you for answering those. The water is now warm. The audience knows you better. Um, now let's go way back. So Amy has created an empire on breakups, and this is tied to her own story. Uh, tell us, tell us how this whole thing started. She has this thing called Breakup Bootcamp, which is an in-person bootcamp, um, and also a book, and also an audio series. Um, 
what got you what what got you the fire in your belly to help people with breakups? Yeah, I was living in Vancouver and I thought I was living the dream, which meant I was now in a relationship and we had a path forward of we were going to get married, we were going to have children. He was a businessman, so I would be a stay-at-home wife. Everything was set. Mm-hmm. And then that relationship uh, fell apart very quickly due mm-hmm. to infidelity. And I put so much of my identity in him and us and our future that without it, I completely fell apart. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't realize it was the band-aid being ripped off of all the wounds I never dealt with, especially right. the ones starting in childhood. And I blamed it all on him. Um, and I really struggled. Like I had suicidal ideation. Um, I stopped eating. It was just so mm-hmm. dark. And I couldn't understand because I've always been an a high achiever, you know, mm-hmm. doing well at work. And so the fact that I just could not do anything to get out of this darkness added extra shame. Yeah. And when I finally kind of healed from that, and it did take like two and a half years, um, I really dove into all of the science and psychology and everything. And I just was like, well, what happens to those people? who don't have friends who are going to come over and force them to eat, mm-hmm. who aren't going to offer up their couch, who don't know what books to read. If I was that close to taking my life, what happens to those people? Yeah. And I realized we are all, when we're in that dark space where we don't feel like we have hope, we are all just a few bad decisions away from doing something completely destructive. Sure, and, sure. And that's how- And, and, and it, if it's not yeah. taking your life, then um, definitely- um, in the trenches of um, numbing, running away from, you know, uh, whatever your vice is, right? Any kind of addiction, all that stuff. Uh, you're very close to that when you're, yeah. yeah, when you're, when you're down there, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was I, I used that pain, and I, I always knew, you know, I've always had since I was young, just constantly struggled with my heart, which is why I dove into trying to understand the science behind it. Wait, and what I do you mean by always, struggling with your heart? You mean that you're very sensitive, or that um, breakups are really devastating for you? Broken up with, heartbroken, oh, okay. loved guys that didn't mm-hmm. like me back, and. Mm-hmm. I just was like, I don't understand why my heart keeps going through the ringer. Like, I'm a good person. Why? And I I didn't know where it would end up, but I always had this knowing. I'm like, my pain is not going to be in vain. I'm going to do something with this mm, day. Yeah. And and then I created Breakup Bootcamp. Nice. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Breakup Bootcamp. I was there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because it, it's, um, it's a, it's like one of the biggest things that you do, no? I mean, or it's like one of the main things and then you have a lot of spinoff things from it. Yeah. It's a four day retreat in nature. I bring in a team of experts. You are one of them. Mm-hmm. And we help people not just heal and process the pain from their breakup, but really understand what are the patterns because it's never just about the eggs. There's recycled yeah. pain. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty intense. There's, you know, there are 12 hour days. We also bring in a dominatrix, a sex Mm -hmm. therapist, like (laughs) it's like all these different healing modalities. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the main, the main retreat. Um, for anyone going through a breakup or if you have residue, because, you know, here's the other thing is you don't have to be going through a breakup, but if previous relationships are causing you to get stuck or not be present in your current relationship or, you know, it's giving you some false beliefs. 
um, let's go through some of the things that you talk about. Let's go through uh, some of the meat and potatoes of to do's for anyone who is either stuck because an old breakup keeps following them like a cloud or they're going through a breakup now. What do you think are, I mean, let's start with step one, in your opinion. I think, yeah, we all carry some residue or baggage with us. Yeah. And sometimes it's very destructive. So one really, you know, fun, interesting exercise is just to write down the last three people you were in a relationship with Mm -hmm. and then write down what were the five main emotions that kept popping up and then see, is there an emotion that continues to follow you from relationship to relationship because then you can't really say, oh, it was because he was a narcissist or because Mm. it's like, oh, okay, anxiety or resentment. All right. Like how am I contributing to this emotional experience repeating? Is it in the people I'm choosing? Is it in the sabotage? Is it in overgiving and pretending I'm a martyr? Right. And we need to start to look inward at where we are accountable um, because it always takes two. And if we just keep mm-hmm. blaming and vilifying our ex, we don't learn from it. I love what you're saying. And by the way, I, don't, I wonder if you could speak up a little bit louder or turn the, turn the volume up because you're very low in my, my, my headphones. Okay. But um, um, what you're saying is huge. And I love that you're saying it so early. I mean, you're, taking, you're talking about taking ownership, right? So um, a lot of clients that I've helped because they spend so much time pointing fingers and blaming – um, especially when it comes to infidelity, and I get it, yeah. uh, they always are kind of, they create their own prison. They're not able to kind of heal and move on and forgive. They are stuck in uh, someone, you know, it was a hit and run. Someone did something mm-hmm. bad to me, and uh, now I have this, you know, anger, resentment. And also the love stove becomes hot. Now I'm scared to love, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm going to say something that's probably going to be quite controversial, When someone's been cheated on, and I know because I did this as well, I was cheated on Mm -hmm. and suddenly the entirety of the relationship and the failure and, and, you know, all the bad stuff was because of that one event that he did. Yeah. And, you know, my codependency, the fact that I would pout and give the Mm -hmm. silent treatment when I didn't get my way, all of that wiped clean because you cheated. So it's all your fault. Yes. And it's a very convenient way to escape any accountability that it took two people to be in that relationship and you stayed in that relationship as well. So you know what? I don't care how controversial it is. That is medicine that is prescribed. What you're saying needs to be stated. And um, yeah, it's a fact because, you know, if you look at mindset, if you're just going to say he or she did this to me and that's why it's over, um, you're not examining the black box of why the plane went down. And that's where the gold is. And if there's no examination, there's going to be no growth for you. So you're just going to be angry. You're just going to go yeah. in. And then that anger energy is going to go into, you know, dating and another relationship. So it's not even about the other person. It's about you. It's about you um, being more free by taking ownership. And it's like, yes, I didn't cheat. I'm not the one that cheated, but uh, I loved around this person, not with. Um, you know, I didn't express my needs or what, whatever it is that you did. I mean, you know, we're all 50% of any relationship, right? So yeah. you contributed something. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get 
commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. Thank you. That's a great and powerful, that's heavy lifting in the beginning. Um, what else? What are some other steps? Uh, I love that you were talking about um, support because I know all the breakups that I've been in through, um, holy shit, if I didn't have smart feet and get somewhere, whether that was coffee with a friend or to the gym or whatever, or even just on my motorcycle, um, you could get uh, depressed very fast because you're thinking about the relationship that produces feelings. Then you feel bad and then you internalize. And so you could sink in quicksand very fast if you're trying to do this alone. Yeah. And when you are in the thick of the breakup and you're in the shock and the denial, you're going to feel likely like these depressive symptoms. And that's going to feel natural for you to isolate yourself, to not eat, mm -hmm. um, to do all these things that are really harmful for your recovery. Yeah. And so you almost need to fight that natural instinct. And it is so important to be around people, but also be around people who are grounded, who have a regulated nervous system. Because the mm -hmm. research shows like when you're around them in person, they start to regulate your nervous system that's not regulated. So there Ooh, is a calming effect. Yeah. It's not just like, oh yeah, it's fun to be around someone. It's actually having an impact on your body and your nervous yes. system. Yes. And I also think it's important to educate people on how to support you. Because look, people aren't taught this in school. So they right. come and they think like, you know, like, why don't we just like bash your ex? Like, yeah, what a jerk. And let's psychoanalyze them or yeah. let's eat ice cream or whatever let's that go to advice a strip club. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad, bad advice. Well-intentioned, bad advice. Mm -hmm. And at that point, as, depending on your stage, but when you're just processing the, that this relationship is over, you need to just continuously talk about it so that your body and your brain get the memo, this relationship is over, this person is no longer accessible to you. And you don't need advice on like, you should do this and it'll just happen for a reason. That shit's just going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the big one for me was uh, my divorce. And um um, I left with nothing, kind of chopped me at the knees, but I always say it grew new legs. So if it wasn't for my divorce, I mean, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I don't know. I, th I think I would be like, uh, you know, um, shirt tucked in and, and trying to be like some business guy or, you know, punching a clock somewhere. And I would have been miserable. And it, it was um, the expiration of that that got me to shake my life edge a sketch and, and, and just ask bigger questions. So if you're going through a divorce, or just a breakup, um, this is a time that you start asking yourself bigger questions. So um, not just like, you know, what you want your next love experience to be like, but are you, what's your life like? Like, you know, are you doing something that is um, filling you up? Um, evaluate your friends. Uh, do you need to draw boundaries with family? Like, this is the best. I think the soil is so rich after a breakup for you to just kind of do a uh, life audit. Yeah, I do this exercise at the retreat called the pie exercise mm. where I get people to draw a circle and then 
divvy it up in slices of pie, how much of your pie was devoted to the we, the relationship, and mm-hmm. then the other parts of your life, and all of the anxiously attached and the codependent, when you look at their pie, it's like 90% was relationship. Yeah. And, yeah. and then we draw a second circle, like, okay, what is the ideal pie? Right, moving forward, so that especially when you get into a relationship, you don't have that very slippery slope where you give mm-hmm. away more and more of your identity. Mm-hmm. And they balance that pie. And sometimes there's brand new slices, like oh, community, uh, volunteer, learning a brand new hobby, going mm-hmm. on a trip on my by myself every year. And it's a much more rich and balanced pie. And so, I mean, I still do this because I have codependent tendencies. Yeah, me too. And if I'm not careful, I I could be around my partner and I could 24 hours a day and have no problem with that. I need to create systems for myself (laughs) so I'm not codependent. Yeah. Um, uh, And and maybe you can relate to this. Uh, So my life pie pieces, the two big ones is career and relationship. Mm. And then what's left is a sliver. (laughs) And so before, um, now I have to intentionally make more room for you know, friendship and self-care and all these things. But before, um, I didn't care about friends. I didn't care about travel. I didn't care about anything. I was just trying to be quote unquote successful, mm-hmm. uh, running toward that. And um, I have my, 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 the one, my partner, my happily ever after. And that, and that was my entire pie. And then I had about 5% left for like family you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was very unbalanced. And so when the relationship uh, expired, that's like, like 40% of my pie was gone or yeah. 50% of my pie. And so, yeah, I, I, it just chopped me at the knees. And I think this is why it's important when you're single to have, I don't know if the word's balanced, but, um, it reminds me of the, uh, laminated posters in middle school, which is going to totally date me, but the, uh, four food go- groups, Oh yeah, you know, what I'm talking about, that. they're so, still teaching that. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're not just eating all you know, protein or all sugar or whatever, that, that it, there is some kind of balance to your life, a wholeness to your life, a richness to your life. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the reason why we bring in a professional dominatrix is because a theme of the people who come to boot camp is they lose their power, but they mm-hmm. didn't start off that way. They started mm-hmm. off like confident, powerful, independent. And then somewhere along the way, their entire identity has merged with their partner and then there's a breakup and they're totally screwed over. Well, how does that happen, right? It doesn't happen in one decision. It happens by death by a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. And it's when we were like, you know what? I normally do this, you know, brunch thing with my friends on Sunday, but that's the only time, you know, they have time because they're traveling. Okay, I'll just not see them. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that trip because I would rather go to Hawaii. Like this constant like merging, merging, merging. And and you're not the same person anymore. You start being desperate and needy for their time. You're not a full person. And so to this day, like for myself personally, I have made such an intentional effort to build my community of friends, my hobbies, to travel, to do things on my own. Mm-hmm. And it makes me a full person and it keeps our power dynamics very, you know, not like shifted onto one side. Yeah. Yeah, you you don't uh, put all your weight on love, right? No, yeah. Yeah. And and also, you're more attractive. You bring more to the table if you have a full life. Yeah, and and I think, you know, human beings, we sense power. And Mm -hmm. if you are suddenly someone's entire life. Yeah, yeah. uh, You can sense that. 
And yeah, like, it, it, you the, know, um, you chemistry can cross change. boundary, right? You're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're going to stick around. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't have to, you know, change my schedule for you because you'll do it. So I'll right. just keep doing that. It doesn't mean right. they're evil. You just set the precedent. Good point. Yeah. You, you, you're laying the tracks, you know? Um, the dominatrix thing, I got to say, which is I love that about your retreat. I think it was, it's probably one of the most popular things there. And I remember, uh, I remember uh, before going into it, like, oh my gosh, she has a dom. Is this going to be like a swingers thing? Or is it? And <laughs> when I went there, and of course it wasn't, um, man, what a powerful story uh, she had. And I love the symbolism and the whole thing about power. It was so empowering. So it wasn't about sex. It was about empowering yourself, which was great. Yeah, and creating an empower an empowering fantasy, which is mm-hmm. I think a really important point for people going through breakup or dating and they're disappointed is you know, she teach Colette teaches this where so often we have a fantasy and we're not empowered because the agent of change is someone else mm-hmm. or something else. Mm-hmm. It's when I get, you know, that movie deal. It's when this guy finally likes me back mm-hmm. and we're completely powerless. There's nothing we can do. So we're just sitting around waiting, waiting, waiting and getting more anxiety. Whereas an empowering fantasy is you are the agent of change. You know, Mm -hmm. you can be like, I want to be an amazing dancer. I can go take dance lessons. Like, I'm going to do that. You're not waiting on someone to come and change your life. Yeah, I love that. And um, I also love that uh, she was Asian American because she has such a great Asian American story. Yeah. And I could relate to that as, you know, a Korean boy with a bull haircut in the 80s trying to fit in wearing a strawberry shortcake shirt. And so hearing her, hearing her story and coming over and uh, all the struggles that she had, um, wow, so powerful. It's such a powerful thing. Uh, and also, I think with Asians and things like sexuality, sexual expression, right? All of that is so suppressed. Yeah. Um, so that was great. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about a few misconceptions about breakups. So maybe we can do this together. Uh, we could collaborate on this. Um, I don't know if you know, my next book is, is called Breakthrough Your Breakup. It's a breakup book. Oh my and, God. Uh, you know, it's so funny. That was my first title for my book. <laughs> no way. Was it? So, so you changed it. Well, well, that, that wasn't my first, my, my first title was you dodged the bullet. And, uh, Harper was like, uh, we can't really use the word bullet and all that. So uh, I was like, okay, I get that. And then, so, um, so I came up with a uh, breakthrough, your breakup, which, which I do like. Um, but the subtitle is the seven different types of breakups that we go, we grow through. And, uh, the, the misconception that I'm, I'm trying to um, put light on is that no breakup is the same. It's not a one fits all. So like, you know, if someone cheated on you, the prescription for that is going to be very different than if it's a mutual breakup where your relationship just turned flat, right? And yes. you guys are actually friends. So um, no one's ever talked about like, there's different types of breakups. And it's not like if you do this thing with every breakup that that's going to work. So anyway, that's, that's, I just turned it in. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about misconceptions. So that, that's one. one. One misconception is that all breakups are the same. And, you know, because it took you, you know, I don't know, six and a half months to quote unquote get over someone then doesn't mean that it's going to be the same now. You know, your healing is also different. Yeah. You're different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't What's another misconception you think? There's that whole like uh, it takes 
double the amount of time to get over someone depending on how long you were with each oh, other. Oh, all, so, all, the, all the math numbers. All, yeah, that's horrible. That's so lame. This is yeah. like bad math. Um, bad math. Totally. No, time Time doesn't heal all wounds. Time can reduce the emotional intensity and you know shift You know when there's a chemical imbalance that happens. But those wounds and those patterns, those heal by shining light on them and changing your patterns and taking different actions and making different choices. Time isn't magic. Yes. So this is a misconception number two. Um, It's not that the time heals wounds. It's what you do with your time. Yeah. It's what you do with your time. Because uh, someone who does nothing with their time cannot be uh, healed from a breakup or a divorce, you know, seven years. Someone who's very proactive with their time and doing a lot of work and processing, um, it may take seven months. So it's not about how long, it's about what you're doing with your time. Yeah, exactly. Another uh, misconception about breakups. What do you think? Uh, let Those me two see. are really good. Oh, um, to get over someone, get under someone? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, to get over someone, you got to get under someone quickly. Um, it's it's uh, uh, it, They also call it um, fucking your feelings or fucking right. away your feelings kind of thing. Which, which look, I, look, look, you, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. If, if what you need is a, is a little escape, okay, um, but you can't live there. That, 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 you know, it's like allow yourself, to, even if you want to feel sorry for yourself for a day, that's okay too. Um, and you you wanted to you know feel attractive or still feel desired, and so you you know pursue that for a little bit. That that may be okay. I don't, I don't want to say that's totally bad, but if that's all you do and that becomes the pattern in your life, then that's that's unhealthy. Now you're running and numbing and escaping. Yeah, I mean, look, you can you can go on a dating app or have sex with someone or watch a a movie as one of your tactics of of distraction, and I get that. But when you are only distracting and avoiding and not dealing with it. And unfortunately, I see this a lot. And unfortunately, I see this more with my male clients than with my female clients. Sure. Um, it comes back. Like it doesn't just go away. That yes. pain doesn't just magically disappear into the ethers. It stays in you. And then it comes and it gets released in these ways, whether it's in your next relationship or in regret. But uh, it's going to sneak its, uh, its head here or now. Um, one of my, one of my friends, he's kind of a locker room friend, meaning, um, we work out together and, uh, we were talking about cum clarity and, uh, the clarity that you have after an orgasm. And I was just thinking about this because, um, if you do this kind of stuff and you don't feel good about yourself, then after you finish, there's going to be, um, a lot of bad feelings, a lot of possible shame and, you know, and I don't think it's worth the high is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to write about come clarity in your book? I would love to. Uh, maybe that should be a, a. Maybe that should be. It can't be the title. Maybe that should no. be a. Um, Harper's it could be like a. That. <laughs> it could be a chapter. <laughs> God, it would get canceled. It wouldn't even make the shelves. I don't know. Or maybe it would. I don't know. Anyway, um, if you spell it C O M E, like come clarity. Right. I need to be more clear. I'm inviting clarity. Uh, but anyway, uh, another misconception is on closure. Oh. I don't. What are your thoughts on closure? Because I, I, don't, I don't think it's realistic that something has to be quote unquote closed for something else to be open. Um, yes, generally speaking, as far as law of the universe, yes, there is a, 
um, there is an eclipsing of a new experience and a shedding of the old and all that. But this whole idea of like, oh, it's not closed yet. So you can't date or you can't do this. The hard uh, lines. I have a very strong opinion on closure. There's people think they want closure. They don't want closure. They, they're confused. They want relief from the pain of separation. Mm. And mm -hmm. they think that if I get this apology, if I get that explanation, if I become a CIA agent and find out, you know, why they actually cheated, blah, 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 then I'll feel this, ah, well, nothing's going to give you that, ah, because you are hurting because there's been a separation or your ego is hurt or whatever that pain is. And that thing you think is going to magically give you that release is not. And this closure is really a process of all these things that you're doing from the everyday meditation to gratitude journaling to the bigger things such as choosing to not stalk your ex on social media. All these things, they eventually add up and then there is a glue that kind of connects them all together when you find the meaning and the learning experience and then you go, ah, I get it. And then you can say that is your closure, but it wasn't from someone else. Yeah, if your definition of closure is uh, seeking an explanation, an apology, um, it's, it, it may never come. And then you're just kind of hanging and what you are living with is quote unquote unclosed. Uh, I've been in many, many relationships and long-term relationships. And um, I, I think most of my uh, exes uh, um, don't like me or they're mad at me or what. And, and I, there's nothing I can do about that. You know, if I hold on to that, if I am knocking on their door, asking for apologies, or if I'm trying to explain what, like it, it, it's, it's, it's never something that I can give myself. Right. And yeah. so I have to move on and be okay with it and, um, you know, continue building my life. And so Closure, I think, is a setup. I think closure can get us to hold on to things more than to close, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, I'm trying to think of any other. I, those are some big misconceptions that I think, um, I think are, are great. And I think that, that uh, I'm glad that we touched upon those. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if this is about breakups, but there is this idea that they were the one. Oh, oh yeah. That's I talk about Which that is, a lot. There, there is no one. No, it's. I mean, there's the one in front of like, you. Right, there's the one yes. in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's gonna be different. Like, sure, no one's going to call you that cute nickname, right? Ever again, but you will meet someone else at some point, and there'll be another nickname. There'll be your other those shared quirks, and that's going to be unique as well. One's not better than the other. These different relationships are just different, and. Ultimately, each one of these relationships is helping you become more conscious. And ultimately, it's about the relationship you have with yourself. Ooh, you said something that I think is a, a great thing. Um, and maybe we could kind of end on this is uh, you just said that each relationship is meant to make you more conscious, right? Um, I'm going to elaborate on that. It's not even the relationship, the potency is going to be in the expiration of that relationship and what you do with that, right? And so I think that we collide. Uh, and I think that uh, both people, whether it's an intimate relationship or, or, or friendship, it doesn't matter. As humans, we all kind of collide with each other and there's an exchange, right? So people are taking things away from that. Uh, but you have to be honest, you have to look at it. And I think the beauty about breakups is that opportunity is that through these relationships, there's so much learning about self and love 
um, that we become more conscious, even though it's painful, even though it's painful. Um, but what a value in this life doesn't require some kind of pain, you know? Yeah. And I, I see breakups so differently now and even relationships. I, I used to be like, the goal is to be with someone, be with them happily forever after. Mm. But the reality is everyone's just on lease. The, every relationship, <laughs> every love. Like, it's the most unsexiest thing. Right? Un- not sexy. The most unromantic thing that you've ever said. But it's real. You're right. Uh, we are not buying people. Everyone, it, we're, we're leasing. We're leasing. There's no option uh, to buy. We're leasing. No, we don't it's own. Expire and whether it's through death or sickness or ghosting, whatever, there there were never meant to be permanent fixtures in your life. And so what you're ultimately left with is this relationship you have with yourself. And I think all of these people that have a meaningful connection and impact in your life, whether you deem that as good or they're bad. They are a part of you. The relationships that were so hard, even the people that were disrespectful and they hurt me, they are a part of me. I -hmm. learn more compassion. I learn more love. I learn about what I don't want so I know how to create space for what I do want. And there are some exes who are my friends. There are some that are not, but all of them are a part of me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there, there's no need to, um, cause there's another thing people do is they try to rip out chapters. Um, just cause it was toxic, just because it was chaotic, just because it was whatever young or whatever it was. Um, I get that it might've been unhealthy. I get that it might've been um, painful, but it's also a huge part of your story. Yeah. You know, like think about a movie. If, if there was no conflict in a movie, there's no character arc, the movie would be boring. It would be flat. It's what the character goes through and learns. Um, and nothing teaches us in life more than, you know, matters of the heart. Well, thank you, Amy, so much for shedding light on this. Uh, and also thank you for um, you making this your life. So thank you for helping people, whether it's in person through your uh, uh, boot camp or um, your book. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, well, you have a book, but you also have an audio. I think this is new. Yeah. You have an audio series, correct? Tell us about I that. I just launched a, a new podcast. So it's uh, seven, seven episodes, limited series. And each episode is on each stage of mm. the healing process mm-hmm. uh, because different strategies are required, right? Like the strategy you use in the shock stage is very different from the bargaining stage. Mm. And so it really goes into the science of it. And then I live coach someone who's in that stage in each episode. Nice. So you have that. Uh, and then of course you probably, if you have time are also helping people via one-on-one or group coaching and all of that. So, um, thank you for throwing such a wide net. Thank you. Yeah. Um, where can we find you? Uh, my Instagram is at Miss Amy Chan. My website is renewbreakupbootcamp.com and you can find my podcast breakup bootcamp on Apple or Spotify. And um, soon we're going to see her uh, documentary on television. <laughs> and yours, right? <laughs> and, and, and if we don't, it's still okay. It doesn't it's change anything. Right. <laughs> exactly. We're exactly. still worthy. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Amy, for all the work that you're doing. And thank you for being on my podcast. Check out all her stuff and um, go to her breakup boot camp. It's uh, life-changing. Thank you for listening. Be well. Be well.